What is up, everybody? Welcome to Wednesday on the Game Board. I'm your host, The Wolf, and we have a lot of news to get to today. So let's uh, jump into it. First three stories. Here's Here is the rundown. Google is going to stop spying on you personally. EA has issued a lifetime ban for one player's racist behavior. And does player-based romance qualify as LGBT representation? Those three stories and about 17 more <laughs> today on the game board. Let's get into it. Okay. First up, Instagram has unintentionally hid likes for more people. This was yesterday. And I'm not entirely sure what's going on. No, We've seen this with Facebook, something similar with Facebook. Of course, Instagram is owned by Facebook. But if you guys remember, I was reporting on a Fallout group that was banned inexplicably from Facebook. I never got any answers to why that group was banned. Neither did they. So it's kind of curious. I have another article in here about Twitch that Twitch inexplic- inexplicably, I can't say that word today, <laughs> they inexplicably banned people from their platform as well. Now Instagram, it happened with Google. So pretty interesting uh, developments across the tech world. So this article comes to us from Engadget and it says, quote, in the long, in the long forgotten time of 2019, Instagram announced the start of a test to hide like counts users usually see on everyone else's posts over the last year of the COVID pandemic. That test has still been ongoing, uh, but without much update or expansion. Then today, many Instagram users in the U S got the above notification saying they wouldn't see like counts anymore, but without any official announcement. So the notification that they got says, quote, testing a change to see testing a change to how you see likes. We want your followers to focus on what you share, not how many likes your posts get. During this test, only you will be able to see the total number of likes on your post. So creators got that notification, but there was no official announcement. The article continues, quote, Instagram told Engadget that today's expansion was a bug, explaining in a tweet that we, quote, that, quote, we unintentionally added more people to the test today. So if you got that message and changed today, expect to see it roll back to normal soon. So uh, kind of interesting. If it was a bug, then that would suggest that there, the, this kind of functionality is in development. I don't know how that is going to play out, uh, particularly in the business community. Uh, you know, technically, uh, as as it exists right now, people tend to rely on the number of likes that you have to gauge whether a product is trustworthy. That's part of the, that's part of the word of mouth advertising that you get. If you see that a a product has uh, 1000, 2000, 5,000 likes, then, you know, potentially that product is worth your time because the crowd is going to it. And if that many people like the product, then, you know, maybe it's good. And this is something that you see with a game like Valheim, which got 5 million units sold in a month. And part of that was because of the, the, I believe the, uh, 
positive reporting that it got throughout games journalism. So based on this change in Instagram, I don't know how the business community is going to react. I would imagine that it's not going to be positively, but we will see when it rolls out to more people. Uh, there's an Overwatch glitch that causes Bridget players to eliminate themselves. I threw this in the stack because I thought it was humorous. So <laughs> this comes to us from Game Rant by Jason Rochlin. And it says, quote, Boston Uprising player Hong Wai, Faith Kim. I That sentence is a little confusing the way that comes out verbally. Uh, there's a Boston Uprising player who has added to the team who was added to the team just last month. There's a Overwatch League team um, steel series. Oh, sorry. Los Angeles Gladiators. So this player was added to the team uh, and was playing Bridget during an encounter on the Eichenwald map. And in a moment clipped on Twitch, man, there are a lot of usernames in this article. Okay. Uh, Kim tried to save himself by falling off a bridge only to go the wrong way and fall off the other side. Um, commentators didn't know what, what happened and nobody knew what happened. Just It was a weird bug that happened during this, the, this tournament. So the article says, quote, while Overwatch bugs have seemingly been discovered in Eichenwald before this particular issue Kim ran into is likely related to Bridget herself, according to the outlet Dexerto. The site highlights a recent tech for Bridget to travel long distance using her shield bash after being hit by a knockback ability and points to faint speculation that it is either glitched or was sent off kilter by something the player hit while trying to recover. Um, highly technical uh <laughs> reporting here so i apologize if that wasn't clear but it, it looks like uh the champion bridget doesn't it just it doesn't work as intended so pro players are having a difficult time and they're getting thrown off the map by their own character uh kind of interesting and super detrimental if you're in the middle of a tournament if you're in the middle of a pro tournament and that happens to you that's um I, I don't know what the solution is there if you, if you know what the official overwatch rules say about glitches and bugs in tournament play let me know i'd be interested in hearing that because i have to admit my ignorance there i don't know what the league says about that kind of situation is it a is it a foul do they have to restart the the match how how does it how does it work hit me up on twitter at the wolf underscore one one two zero or a facebook search for the wolf one one two zero i hear pk has an instagram page for us going up here soon i'll have to check in with him but you might soon be able to check us out on instagram too so moving on intel was ordered to pay 2.8 billion dollars in a patent lawsuit so the article that I read was it wasn't very clear. So there's a company called VLSI, which hasn't really done anything in the last two years. VSLI got a patent, got their hands on a patent that Intel apparently accidentally used. 
VS VLSI sued Intel and a jury agreed with VSLI and awarded Intel $2.8 billion. So Intel is saying that they're obviously appealing the decision and they're saying, you know, this is literally the only thing that VSLI has done in the last couple of years. This is clearly a, an attempt to get money for nothing. And the violation, the patent violation wasn't intentional. Uh, and I, I don't know what the patent actually was, but I thought it, that was kind of uh, an interesting story in the business world because that is not a small amount of money. If Intel were forced to pay out $2.8 billion, that that's going to hurt their business prospects. I mean, that's cash. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what what... What if anything happens from that? So I thought I thought I'd share that with you. And if you are invested in Intel, you might have seen a small dip in your stock price, but maybe not. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, what what ultimately ends up happening with that? Uh, government funds are helping UK games firms create hundreds of job placements. This comes from GamesIndustry.biz. So. During the course of the pandemic, the United Kingdom has been pretty well behind the the games industry. And when I say that, I mean that they've been putting money into like there's a video game museum that the UK government helped prop up by giving a couple million dollar grant uh, to cover its operating costs for a few months in addition to, you know, private donations. And now I'm hearing that, you know, clearly that <laughs> government funding is helping UK games firms hire people, which is, I, I guess it makes sense. I just, I, I thought I'd, I, I didn't think I would ever see this kind of headline <laughs> that the government were, was supporting the games industry. So this article says, quote, the move is part of a Kickstarter scheme, which provides funding to employers who create job placements for 16 to 24 year olds who are in danger of facing long term unemployment. The funding covers minimum wage for six months, as well as employers, national insurance contributions, and is open to companies creating placements that begin before the end of 2021. Trade body UKIE and game centric career support nonprofit Into Games have been working with 45 companies to create placements for young people looking for a way into the industry. So, pretty interesting. If you're between the ages of 16 and 24 in the UK, that program is specifically for you. I don't imagine that that's going to get picked up a lot. I, I've only seen this once. So, once again, if you listen to this show, you're the most educated gamer out there, I promise you. I promise you. Frogwares, we've been talking about uh, the sinking city for a couple of days now because of this ongoing drama, uh, <laughs> which is really strange. Uh, the sinking city was published to Steam against developer Frogwares' wishes. Frogwares claims that Nacon put up a pirated version of the game. That game was since taken down <laughs> and Frogwares is now in the process of taking videos down from Steam from players that are showing it. 
So they're using DMCA DMCA takedowns to remove all videos of the game from from the internet, really. And if you remember, Nacon has said that they that Frogwares is impeding the sale of the game and the distribution of the game, and that their Nacon is contractually allowed to publish the game. It's very strange. It's really, really strange. But as I know from firsthand experience, those kinds of contracts are they they have to be settled in court when you when you have to deal with something like that. So I will report on that when it ultimately gets there. Otherwise, that that is basically what's going on. Nacon is defending itself. Frogwares is saying no, it can't be online. Frogwares is winning that argument so far. All right, Death Stranding talked about this a little bit yesterday. So apparently, there's an extended edition close to being revealed. Claims a leaker. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be on Xbox. That was the rumor yesterday because of. Uh, the Ludens figurine that was behind Philip Spencer's uh, head during <laughs> during one of his uh, presentations. But this leaker is claiming that there is going to be an extended edition. I don't know exactly what that extend, extended edition is going to look like, but that's, that's the uh, rumor. That's the scuttlebutt. So... If you're a fan of Death Stranding, you might be able to look forward to that. I'm sure we'll hear about it soon if it is actually happening. So here's the Twitch story. Twitch has apparently banned 270 of the top partners in 2021. So Twitch has been cracking down on people left and right. We've been talking about this. I think I spoke about it last month here on the show. And I think... I put up an article today. You can go read it at thewolfsgameboard.com, W-O-L-L-F-S gameboard.com. You can go read that. But I, my theory is that Twitch is setting itself up, along with all the other social media platforms, they're setting themselves up to ensure that they can survive any changes to Section 230. And if you don't know what's going on with Section 230, I would recommend you go back to January and listen to some of the episodes from from that month. We talked about uh, tech news and everything that's happening with that. It was shortly after the 6th, I believe, that we started talking about that. And also, you can go to the website and read the article that I put up because I link to the explanation of what's happening. And uh, it's it's going to change potentially the way that the internet works forever. If some of these changes go through, it's it'll change the way that we interact with the internet forever. So I put up an episode called tech censorship and the future of the internet on January 11th. Go check that out if you want to hear more, but that's my theory with what's going on with Twitch. It seems extreme that they've banned 270 of their top partners if they weren't planning on needing to defend themselves in the near future so that's my running theory i don't know if you're 
we'll talk to Squirrely about this over the weekend uh, in the House of Wolves. But until then, I don't know. If you're a, a Twitch user, hit me up. Let me know. Have you seen more of a f- more moderation than normal, or is it the same? The data says that there's more moderation, but it also says that if you're a creator, you're in control more often than not. So generally, I think that's a good thing, but I don't know. I don't know. if Again, if you're in the sphere, let me know. Uh, EA has issued a lifetime ban to a FIFA player who racially abused Ian Wright after losing a match using Wright's virtual character. That comes to us from Eurogamer. And I haven't seen exactly what this kid was saying to this professional, but I have a couple of thoughts. <laughs> so why you're okay. First of all, you're playing a video game. Second of all, you're talking to somebody who was a professional player as if it's their fault that you lost a video game. And thirdly, I don't know why this kid thought that it was anything other than demeaning to him, the kid, uh, to try to attack a multimillionaire <laughs> on racial grounds as if, you know, he had something to do with this kid's playing ability. So this this comes to us from uh, Eurogamer and by Wesley Yin Pool. And it says, quote, at sentencing this week, the judge said he didn't see anything to be gained by imposing a criminal conviction. He added O'Brien had shown genuine remorse for his actions and had donated 500 euros to the Irish network against racism. O'Brien's defending lawyers said the actions were caused by a rush of blood to the head and he had never been in trouble with the police before. The court ordered the court heard O'Brien had written an apology to write, which was accepted by the 57 year old. Uh, Ian Wright put out a statement about the judgment himself. And he said, quote, I've seen today's judgment and I'm disappointed. This case was never about revenge. It was always about consequences for acts of racism. My forgiveness, my forgiveness of this young man was for my own deeply personal need and desire to move forward without further anguish. I'm a 57 year old man that has experienced racism throughout my life. I wasn't expecting my forgiveness to be an, an invitation to lighten a sentence. Seeing this judgment, I can only wonder what deterrent there is for anyone else who spouts this kind of vile racist abuse. An individual wished death upon me because of my skin color. No judge's claim of naivete or immaturity will ever be acceptable to us. The supposed immaturity and naivete of our attackers is never any comfort. So yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm tired. We're all tired. Ian Wright. So that is what's going on there. I haven't seen what they what the messages were um probably for good reason apparently there were 20 messages that were sent last year in may and according to Wright, if you know taking this at face value we have no reason not to but according to Wright, uh there was a death threat that was issued based on his skin color on his race apparently um and i hesitate to use the word race because there's there's a whole thing anyway so uh there's a quote here in the article and it says, quote, we hugely, this is from EA. It looks like, uh, 
David Jackson, VP of VP brand EA Sports FIFA, said in a statement to Eurogamer, quote, we hugely value his partnership and support, and we also want him to know he has our support. Last year, Ian was subject to a terrible and racist verbal attack by a player who lost a match of FIFA 20. This behavior by the player was unacceptable on every level, and we will not tolerate it. Our positive play character guides our actions in a situation like this, and we've taken the action to ban the player permanently from playing or accessing our games. Racism must stop. We are committed to continuing our work in, a pos- in positive play through actions that will make our communities fun, fair, and safe for everyone. So, Wright was appreciative of EA, and he said, Quote, EA Sports, bro, they stepped up for me. After this attack, they changed their whole policy. And, you know, with a company like that, the different levels, and can you imagine the legality you have to go through to change your policy? Not only for me, it's for the staff, for players, the talent, the people they partner with. Zero tolerance, zero tolerance, and action will be taken. Uh, so there are, there are a lot of quotes, but it, that that's more or less encompasses it. So... Uh, this 18-year-old is banned from apparently all EA titles ever for life and was lucky to not go to jail for a hate crime. But again, I, I don't I don't know European laws. I don't know what exactly the options were for the judge. All I know is that Ian Wright didn't feel that the sentence was harsh enough. So, unless... Uh, heavy news. <laughs> uh, Sony has filed a patent that could turn anything into a controller. So the idea here is to allow people into gaming without the need to buy a $100 controller. So Sony filed a patent that would how, how do I describe it? <laughs> it would like it would uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It would project, yes. It would project buttons onto an object, and then you would press, quote-unquote, press these buttons, and the projection would read those inputs and then put them into the game. The most popular thing today was that you could turn... The patent used the example of a banana, so you could play... Thor Ragnarok. I'm sorry, Thor. You could play God of War Ragnarok on a banana. Uh, or Minecraft on a banana. And try to beat the uh, world record time for Minecraft speedruns using a banana. And this is in line with where I think Microsoft is going. And it, it makes sense to me. If Microsoft is going to go the software route and make sure that you know, games can be streamed anywhere on any device and without the need for a console, then it would make sense to me that PlayStation is the peripheral company because, for example, they have the PS5 DualSense controller, which gives haptic feedback on the triggers. So, and this would be another situation like that where the peripheral is literally anything you want. On, in addition to that, if you want to pay more money, Sony is going to have better peripherals for you. So that makes the most sense to me. I, I don't think that they're going to compete with Microsoft. I don't think anybody can compete with Microsoft in terms of distribution. But I think PlayStation and Sony are going to be able to uh, compete in the way of peripherals. 
So it seems like a natural partnership slash distinction to me, um, personally. So getting into cryptocurrency, we've been talking about this for a little bit. Cryptocurrency, people are buying gaming laptops to mine cryptocurrency. Uh, I think it was NVIDIA put out another product line of GPUs that are specifically designed to mine cryptocurrency. Basically, crypto is a huge thing in the tech world right now. Um, this article from PC Gamer says the profit the profitability of one of those cryptocurrencies, Ethereum, uh, the profitability of Ethereum mining has halved in a week. Um, so this is from the angle that if the profitability of mining has been halved, then people aren't going to be buying up gaming laptops and GPUs in order to mine this. But, I mean, there's obviously a lot of nuance there, so I wouldn't take that necessarily at face value, but uh, you could, at least in the short term. So keep that in mind if that's something you want to get invested in. And as far as investment goes, Zynga, the mobile company, Zynga, I know they're popular for, uh, what am I, what, what, uh, popular for poker and a bunch of other games. Zynga on mobile, Zynga has acquired Etra Games, which is the development company behind Torchlight. So that was the latest acquisition that is hit. Uh, the news waves. Yesterday we saw that Epic Games bought Mediatonic, which was one of the biggest purchases at least this year. So I don't know what Zing is going to do with uh, Etra Games, but apparently something, right? If nothing else, get rid of them. Uh, and as you guys know, I, I don't just talk about game news here. Because we talked about cryptocurrency one story ago. So <laughs> I thought this was interesting. This will make my uh, wife kind of um, uh, uneasy, maybe? So this story comes from Engadget. Yeah, and it says, Researchers create a swimming robot that can heal itself. And it reminded me of the Netflix series Love, Death, and Robots. Apparently, they created a robot that has it uses polymers and different uh, different things that it can magnetically heal itself. So it's a little tiny robot shaped like a fish. It's one about one centimeter, two centimeters big, long, and they cut it with a knife and they put it in a light hydrochloric acid solution. Cut it with a knife. One half started drifting away, started drifting away, started coming back, started coming back, and it reattached itself. So the idea is that eventually they'll be able to create robots that are that use this kind of magnetic solution. So in the process of their work, if they end up getting cut in half, they can reassemble themselves. Uh, kind of like a Terminator with Terminator 2, the, uh, the metallic robot. I don't believe that the whole robot is magnetic. I think only part of it is magnetic. Uh, at least the quote-unquote spine of the robot is magnetic. 
So I don't know if the whole thing is magnetic like Terminator 2, but it can quote-unquote put itself back together. It's magnets, so it's not like a perfect recreation. It's not like an octopus or a gecko that can regrow a limb. It just sticks together for right now. Hate it. <laughs> uh, Activision Blizzard has hired a former Bush administration uh, counterterrorism expert to be their uh, government affairs liaison. So, government affairs liaison. So, this person is named, uh, let's see, what's her name? Frances F. Townsend. Uh, so, she works for the Bush administration and is now working for Activision Blizzard to act on behalf of Activ Activision Blizzard in the various governments where those games are sold. So, kind of interesting. You'll see in, I think it was Kotaku, because Kotaku is, uh, oh, I don't know, oh, Kotaku. Uh, anyway, the, some some outlets have an issue with her working for Activision Blizzard. I don't necessarily see an issue with it, uh, other than an ideological one, if you are focusing on ideology, so... I, I don't see a particular issue there. Uh, FIFA is scripting. Speaking of FIFA, FIFA is scripting a lawsuit withdrawn. FIFA scripting lawsuit withdrawn after EA provides, quote, detailed technical information and access to speak with our engineers. And, quote, this comes from Eurogamer. So apparently, two people in Cal, uh, three people in California sued EA saying that the dynamic difficulty of FIFA was designed to make the game harder and thus force them to buy uh, to, to uh, purchase microtransactions. I know that's not the right term, but it's not coming to me to, to execute microtransactions. Anyway, according to EA, well, according to the uh, the article EA provided all the technical information and access to the engineers to explain how it worked. Subsequently, these three people dropped the lawsuit. So FIFA is not forcing you to buy things. You just might not be as good as you think you are. So <laughs> that's what's going on there. Um, I don't know. Apparently, people are having a lot of issues with FIFA lately. Maybe they're, maybe they need to get good, son. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing anyway, from these stories. Uh, Sony has announced a handful of new PlayStation VR games. We've been talking about VR, AR. Uh, I think I. Uh, I don't know. I. I. We've been. Maybe I shouldn't say we. I've been expecting virtual reality to be a thing for two-thirds of my life <laughs> so i'm hoping that it'll eventually get there i don't see why it's not already uh playstation again going to the peripherals it, they might be the ones to make it popular i think for whatever reason i think apple is going to once they release their headset they're going to popularize virtual reality uh anyway sony 
isn't letting go of PlayStation VR. They put out a couple of previews for the uh, games that they're putting out, and I'll put that up on the website if you want to check that out. Head to thewolfsgameboard.com, W-O-L-F-S-gameboard.com, and check it out. And you'll notice that I'm plugging the website a lot. The reason that I'm plugging the website a lot is because the website and the podcast are going to work together. And without the some of the written explanation, some of what I talk about isn't... I can't get into too much detail with what I talk about. Other times, it's just not worth a th- 10 seconds of me explaining, so it's going to be on the website. Anyway, the two are going to work hand-in-hand. So I would recommend checking that out. I think it's pretty good. If you don't think it's pretty good, then hit me up on Facebook or Twitter and tell me that it's not pretty good. And then tell me why it's not good. So uh, Netflix thinks that exclusive theatrical release windows will go away, which kind of makes sense to me. So this article is from GameSpot and it says uh, Netflix product chief Greg Peters who also became the streaming services chief operating officer in 2020 says the company is poised to help lead the charge for further eroding theatrical windows preceding streaming debuts for content. Speaking with deadline, Peters predicted quote, it's what consumers want. It's hard to buck that trend for too long. And I think that's eventually where things go End quote. So, uh, I don't know if it's actually going to end up on Netflix. It would make sense if it just goes straight to like straight to the Xbox but like we talked about yesterday, PlayStation is removing the ability for you to rent or buy movies on the PlayStation. So you need a different app if you want to do that. Whereas Microsoft, which is better than Play... I'm just kidding. It, <laughs> Microsoft will let you rent and buy movies in the Microsoft Store. This guy thinks that that's where things are going. That seems to make sense to me. Um... Nobody's been able to go to a movie theater in a year. So these these theaters aren't... There's no source of income for them. And I just saw an article uh, a couple hours ago. And one of the bigger theaters, Alamo Drafthouse, has filed for bankruptcy. So it's, it's... it's bad news for the movie industry unless you're in the streaming section of it. So I don't know. PlayStation might want to get on top of it. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> Call of Duty Warzone leak details a casual sandbox mode with vehicle races. This again is from PC Gamer. So I don't know what's going on with Call of Duty Warzone. I really don't. I'm going to have to get in touch with my contact who does a lot of zombies lore and I'm going to have to do an interview with him. See if I can't lock that down maybe here on the podcast and we'll explore what's going on with zombies because I honestly have no idea what's happening with Warzone. And now they're adding another wrinkle. Apparently uh, again, this comes from PC gamer by Morgan park and there's allegedly a casual sandbox mode with vehicle races. So this says quote, Call of Duty Warzone players looking to take a break from the Battle Royale grind may soon have the perfect getaway. A batch of leaked narration lines shared by Zesty Cod Leaks suggests that a casual sandbox mode could be planned for the future. If the leak is accurate, it'll have obstacle it'll have obstacle races, races, 
and a capture point mini game. The area of operation is vast. Explore the activities, says one of Warzone's announcers in the audio dump. In all, the video includes a dozen or so references to what sounds like a freeform sandbox mode with, quote, safe zones that players can't use their weapons in. I mean, what he's describing here is a metaverse, which is kind of interesting. Kind of very interesting. It's similar to the Division. So... Or uh, Destiny. So, uh... That would be a very interesting shift for Warzone. I'm curious to see where this goes. So, I'll keep an eye on this. I'll let you guys know what's going on. I've, I haven't seen this anywhere but PC Gamer, so... Once again, you listen to me, man. I promise you, you'll be on top of more things than you know what to shake a stick at. Uh, God of War Ragnarok. Not Thor Ragnarok. God, God of War Ragnarok won't launch this year, probably, according to Game Rant. So, don't expect that. Maybe don't expect uh, Horizon Forbidden West or Zero Dawn Forbidden West. Um... Uh, I don't know. Like like I said yesterday, it's probably a good thing that these things are just being delayed. I appreciate Mojang uh, specifically saying that the 1.17 update is going to be ready when it's ready. They're just not. They're aiming for summer, but if it's not going to be summer, then it's not going to be summer. And they're just they're very upfront about that. This week, um, they even said that there's no there's no snapshot. Typically, they aim for Wednesdays. There's no snapshot this week it's my foot there's no snapshot this week and they explain that it's it's just not going to happen so every week it seems like they have to go out there and defend themselves and say hey leave the devs alone but you know at the same time i respect them for <laughs> for saying it'll be ready when it's ready leave us the hell alone let us make a worthwhile game for you um so i don't apparently ragnarok's taking that same kind of approach and like I talked about yesterday, more and more developers since the cyberpunk issue are feeling comfortable telling players to just calm down. Players and investors, calm down. It'll be ready when it's ready. And if it's not ready, we're, we'll just tell you that it's canceled. Uh, Take-Two, the head of Take-Two, uh, has gone out and said, we don't just port titles over in regard to remasters. So... Take-Two is responsible for Rockstar Games, which handles Red Dead Redemption, and I believe... I believe... Yeah, yeah. Grand Theft Auto. So there's there's been a lot of rumor that there are going to be Grand Theft Auto remasters somewhere down the line uh, of San Andreas, maybe, or uh, uh, one of the other ones. Uh, the name's escaping me. But... The, the rumor has been that there are going to be remakes of those two games. There has been a wish list that uh, Red Dead Redemption be remade or remastered. Uh, so Take-Two is, is, has gone out here. This is from GameSpot, and they said, uh, quote, I'm not sure there'll be a bigger part of the strategy. Remastering has always been a part of the strategy. 
What we've done differently than the competition is we don't just port titles over. We actually take the time to do the very best job we can, making the title different for the new release, for the new technology that we're launching it on. So, I mean, this kind of goes to Mass Effect, okay? So Mass Effect isn't... It, it, it basically is a port. It's moved over from the 360 onto the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X and S. And it's not so much an upgrade as like it's playable and tolerable on the new equipment and it sounds like uh strauss zelnick here is saying that take two is not going to take that approach they'll they'll remake the entire game if they have to to match the current tech so they'll throw stuff away yeah i mean they'll they'll remake it it'll be uh gta san andreas but it'll be completely remade or mostly remade if they have to do that because they care. I I'm putting words in their mouth, but I feel comfortable saying this, that they quote care about the quality rather than just pushing out the title. So something to keep an eye on. There's something to be said about that. Uh, I, I won't take that away from them. I won't take that away from them. So speaking of the mass effect trilogy, if you're a super nerd like I am, they are. There's going to be a vinyl collection, four LP box set uh, of the music ahead of the launch. So, pre-sale begins March 4th at 1 p.m. Eastern, and you can get 85 tracks, 85 tracks on four discs, four vinyl discs. Uh, pretty pretty sweet pretty i almost want to ask for it for my birthday <laughs> but uh of course she wasn't listening but uh i'm not entirely sure that i want that because then i have to set up my record player and then a stereo system and i don't know if that's really worth my time at this point but maybe it is later i don't know still if you have the setup and you're Super invested. I would rec. I would probably recommend getting this. Eighty-five tracks, man. That's 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 a lot of music. That's a lot of really good music. Uh, it's all been remastered, so I think it's uh I think it's worth looking into. Okay, okay. Let's have a mini rant. It's not going to be twenty minutes like it was yesterday. I promise. Don't turn it off. Okay, okay. Mini rant. Mini rant. Robin and I were talking about this before the show. The question is, and maybe I'll just pose this to you, and you let me know what you think. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go that route. You let me know what you think. So the question is there are some RPGs that allow you uh, to romance any character that you want, okay? And the term for this is player sexual. Okay, and that that's not like an official term or anything, but I think it's an appropriate one. So the term is player sexual. All all NPCs are attracted to you regardless of their personal sexuality because it's just not written in them. Uh, they are attracted to you merely because you're the player. The question then is, is that representation for 
both, I guess, both LGBT players and heterosexual players? Or should characters be written to be either gay or straight or non-binary or gender fluid or pansexual? Should their sexuality, in short, be written into their storyline, their backline, backstory? Which of those two options is ideal or is there a third option or a fourth option? How do you handle sexuality in RPGs? So that's my question for you. I will put up a poll somewhere, put it as many places as I can. I'll put up a poll. You tell me what you think. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts. I have my thoughts, but I'll share those tomorrow. I'm curious to hear what you think. Actually, I'll, I'll put that off till Monday. I'll put it, I'll give you a couple of days. I'll put it off till Monday. We'll circle back to this. I'll let you know what I think. But I, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. So, uh, what else do I have? Uh, apparently, Amazon is Amazon is sticking with their gaming thing. As you know, they own Twitch, right? So that's that's their in with gaming so far. Luna is flopping around, dying on the deck, um, and. I, apparently, they are launching a gaming-centric video sharing service. I don't know how that's different from Twitch, but this comes to us from Game Rant by Noah Vaca. And let me write this down real quick. Uh, talk to audience about uh, representation in RPGs. Rep in RPGs. PG. All right. All right. So this is in Game Rant and it says, quote, with the popularity of social media and streaming platforms, as well as the ability to carefully edit clips and videos on social media platforms such as TikTok and Instagram, Amazon has launched its own mobile game oriented social media video sharing app called Game On. Man, that was a sentence. Whew. Okay. So the app is called Game On. Continuing the article, it says previously the app was only available on the Google Play Store, but is now available for download on iOS devices or in mobile browsers. Amazon's Game On seems to combine aspects of Twitch with the increasingly popular TikTok app, allowing users to not only view mobile game clips and videos posted by creators, but create, edit, and post their own with ease as well. The app seems to act uh, completely separately from Twitch, does not require an Amazon or Twitch account to use, and it is completely free to download. So, uh, I don't know. I, f I don't know. I feel like... I, I feel like Am if Amazon were a person, it would be a 40-year-old out-of-touch dad that j is trying to be cool, but just can't be cool because of what they are. That's that's how I view Amazon. I'm, I'm not gonna... I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That's... It's just... They... They simply don't belong in gaming at this point. Uh, I think that's... Uh, you can couch that as my opinion. I think it's subjectively true. They just, at this point, they don't belong in gaming. They wasted half a billion dollars trying to get into gaming, and it's gone literally nowhere. So I, I just think they should cut their losses, but I'm not going to cry about Amazon losing money either. So... Uh, Apparently, there's a PS4 beta which lets you turn group notifications on and removes communities. 
uh oh sorry it lets you turn group notifications off and removes communities this comes from GameSpot. so i don't know why i'm not sure i i mean a lot of us can't get a hold of ps5 it just seems i don't know it already seems like ps4 is outdated so um i part of me wants to say like why are you updating the ps4 and nobody uses ps4 when it's like objectively not true i don't know why my brain went there but that's where my brain went so uh this article is from GameSpot by darren uh bothius bonthius and it says quote the playstation community's app on smartphone smartphones was shut down back in march 2020 and the latest firmware looks set to kill the social feature off entirely when it arrives no reason why was given but with the rise of gaming social spaces like discord a lack of activity in playstation communities could be a likely factor back in october ps firm ps4 firmware update 8.0 added enhanced two-factor authentication security features new avatars and a traditional amount of stability parental controls were also simplified while features such as the ability to create events or access existing events created by other users were removed alongside the option to start private communities so again it looks like sony is trimming down its offerings because nobody's using them on PS5. Uh, I'm sorry, PlayStation in general. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but the, this is based on Sony's actions thus far and their reasoning for removing the ability to rent or buy game uh, movies on PlayStation. It seems like the same kind of thing. So, Naughty Dog apparently has, quote, several cool announcements on the way this is also from Game Rants by Richard Warren. And it says, quote, in a recent post on Twitter, Neil Druckmann discussed that he cannot, quote, say anything about future projects when asked about them online. He asked fans to be patient, promising that Naughty Dog will share info as soon as they can. While he gives no insights to when the announcements will be coming, Druckmann promises that there are, quote, several cool things on the way. While comments were filled with jokes about Abby joining the Smash Brothers roster, or Lego The Last of Us game. Other fans have been wondering what these announcements could be about. Uh, and this article speculates that one of those announcements could be the PS5 is not just could be, is likely a PS5 version of The Last of Us 2. Uh, I mean, would that be a major announcement? Is that really, is that something that's quote unquote cool? Uh, or is it just expected? <laughs> so. I I don't know if it like if that is what's likely to be announced then the re- how cool is the rest of it that's kind of how I feel um I guess we'll find out won't we And finally Google plans to stop targeting ads based on your browsing history this is actually something when I was setting up the website and setting it up to monetize it to run ads Part of it was like, you have to have a privacy statement. Okay, what does the privacy statement say? Basically, it's all about cookies and how you're tracked across the internet. So I put up all kinds of warnings. You can go look at my privacy statement on the on the website at thewolfsgameboard.com. I directly tell you <laughs> that I recommend you delete cookies every time you log out of your browser. Here's how you block cookies. Here's how you get around all this intrusion into your privacy. Uh, which is probably counterintuitive to me as a business trying to make money on my website. But 
Google seems to agree with me. So what Google is doing is currently you're tracked individually as you browse. Every site you go to puts a little tag on you and you carry that tag throughout your your time on the web and that tag tells advertisers or tells an algorithm, you know, this person looked at uh, CB and Pots the other day. So here's here's an ad for CB and Pots or here's an ad for Alamo Draft House or, you know, whatever. This person talked about the PS4 on a podcast <laughs> and here's a bunch of ads for the PS4. Those kinds of things, right? Now Google is saying that they're getting away from that and they're focusing on what is called federated learning of cohorts api okay so this federated cohorts a cohort is a is a made-up group of people so you're going to be placed in a cohort based on your individual activity but beyond once you're in a cohort you you're not going to be tracked individually as, as i understand it this could be wrong but as i understand it as it exists now that's how a cohort is created it's a stand-in for an individual person or yeah it's a stand-in for an individual person based on group behavior so this stand-in this cohort is how ads are going to be distributed to you but it will it will theoretically get more and more accurate for the individual but the cohort won't track individual people it's kind of like the concept behind uh, the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov. Very interesting concept. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they said that that's where they got the idea, honestly. So the concept is that you can predict large-scale behaviors based on uh, the mathematical actions of large enough groups of people. So if you have a cohort with a large enough group of people, you can theoretically almost predict the future that's the the idea in the foundation series anyway so you could predict that this cohort is going to want this product six months from now <laughs> right if i were to go into the sci-fi section of it so that's what google is doing so they've they're finally giving us some privacy and they're not going to track us individually and so they're going to throw us in a group and they're going to say this group wants these kinds of ads which I think is pretty neat. I would rather be in the gamer group than have them track me as an individual <laughs> and be presented with just generic gamer ads uh, rather than, you know, you know, you, you talked about uh, having a, buying a blue kettle. So here are all the ads about a blue kettle, even though you never searched for it online. And we just, we were just listening to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm excited for that with that guys i've been talking your ear off for about an hour so i'm gonna call that for today i appreciate you hanging out with me tomorrow's already thursday holy crap i i huh. the weeks are just flying by we're almost into the second week of march it's almost officially spring and i'm almost 30 and my wife is shaking her head at me no. <laughs> so She's loading up Minecraft. I'm going to go join her. So I appreciate you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.